Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noto Francesco, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my grandpa, Husker Dan, from Husker Max, in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you doing this fine Sunday afternoon? Uh, Pro Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday's next week. Uh, I got some Husker football news to talk about, basketball stuff definitely to talk about. Um, jam-packed episode here, but uh, how you doing? I, you know, spring is in the air. Uh, I just, I just, yesterday I saw the first Robin of the season. That's, you know, February 3rd. Of course, he was frozen solid to the ground, but that's another story. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He yeah. was actually perching. I don't know. It's just weird. I mean, we're barely into February and here's a Robin hanging around. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know it is weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird for us, too, because we just got a bunch of snow and slush yesterday. So it's, it's really? it seems kind of like winter, but... It was 60-something this week, so, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, all right, speaking of uh, winter and February, we're getting closer and closer to March Madness and figuring out if either of these two Nebraska basketball teams is going to make it into the uh, tournament this year. Uh, we'll start with the men's team. They played uh, – ooh, sorry, they played home against Wisconsin – at Pinnacle Mike Arena on uh, Thursday night, February 1st. Number six ranked Wisconsin, who <laughs> I made the mistake of saying last week is not that good for Wisconsin team. That's pretty darn good. Uh, but turns out it doesn't matter because Nebraska won 80-72 to 72 in overtime uh, after coming back from down 19 points in the second half at one point. They were down, uh, I believe, 16 at halftime. Yep. Um, 43-27. to se- to 27 at the half, uh, Nebraska came all the way back. Uh, C.J. Wilcher had a great game. Uh, I believe he had 20, 20-some 20 points or something for Nebraska. He hit a bunch of threes. Um, it was just insane to see and, and the fight that this team has that it just – I don't think there's any way that they don't get into the tournament, just the way that they've been looking at it. The, the way that the selection committee usually breaks down how good a team's record is and schedule is, and if they deserve to be in the tournament based off record, that kind of stuff, if it's an at-large bid, because I don't think Nebraska will win the Big Ten. I think uh, Wisconsin will win, maybe Wisconsin-Illinois. If Nebraska somehow gets lucky and those two doesn't have to play those two teams, maybe. Um, but that's a, that's a long ways off. But I was I was looking at something that somebody put out about Nebraska's strength uh, as an at-large bid for the tournament, uh, and they they break down the wins that each team has into uh, what's called a Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4 wins. So Q1 is like the Kentuckys, Alabamas, those schools, the top 25 schools. Uh, Q that's Q1, Q2 ish um, is is around their top 50 ish schools, uh, and then Q3 is a little bit lower than that. Uh, still good teams, and then Q4 is kind of the bottom dwellers of all these conferences. Nebraska is four and four against Q1 and Q2 opponents, and three and three against Q uh, Q3 opponents. So that's really big, uh, and I just think that there's no way that they don't get in. They they lose these road games, but March Madness is neutral site. It's big games every single time, and this Nebraska team seems to respond to big games and big situations every single time. Uh, it's it, they, the games they lose are the games that they shouldn't lose, which is a problem. But if you're beating these teams at home that you shouldn't be beating, uh, it, it, like Nebraska really, 
honestly has no right of beating Wisconsin, but they just played harder, wanted it more. They came back down from 19 points. Like it's, it's not just a luck thing to come back down 19 no. points. That's a skill, no. hard work, hustle thing. That's not how that works. If it's five points. Okay. There's maybe a couple calls that go different ways, but 19 points in the second half to come back down from that. It's not just a, Oh, the, 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 the basketball, the college basketball gods were on their side this time. No, that's not how that works. Um, it, it, it takes hard work, game planning, everything. Um, yeah, what were your thoughts watching that game, Grandpa? You and I were texting a little bit. I wasn't able to watch it, uh, but I was following along on my phone. Um, what are just your general thoughts on this, an, another top 10 win for Nebraska? Yeah, that's, that's a good I, – I, you know, it, Nebraska was trailing by 16 at the half, as you said, and I was almost tempted, yeah, I'll give up. You know, this is not going to be their night. They've they've won 13 games uh, at home games, and this probably isn't going to be their night. Wisconsin's ranked; uh, they were number six actually coming into the PBA. Yeah. Um, but I said, "Hey, I, I got nothing else to do. I'm just going to watch this and see how it goes." And I think I was doing some other stuff, and then you know, there's there's a steal here. There's a three pointer by CJ, and then it's like. They're down by seven. The crowd is in it. It's like, oh, holy, you know, maybe they can pull this one off. It's at home, and they do strange things at, at PBA. And um, they caught them at, I believe, 52 was the first time. Uh, in fact, I thought, uh, I think maybe it was Wilshire. I'm not sure who who hit it from the corner. And I thought it was a three-pointer. I thought, well, this is our first lead. Well, no, it, it was a two-pointer. But uh, then they caught them. You know, tied in, in regulation, I think, at 67. And uh, they just made the plays down the stretch. And and they allowed uh, – Nebraska allowed only five points in the in the overtime period. Uh, I mean, that's only a five-minute period, granted. But um, but the Huskers outscored them, and, and it was – it was – I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's crazy. And then they'll go and just lay a bomb, you know, on a, on a road game. And today they, I think, as you said, they play at Illinois tonight at five 30. So by the time this thing gets posted, that game will probably be over, but, but uh, I'm expecting Nebraska to lose that game only because it's a road game and it's uh, against a 14th ranked uh, team. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Illinois lost to Northwestern by one, I believe a couple weeks ago. And it's just like, yeah, Nebraska should not win that game. And, and as you're saying, grandpa, their road record is atrocious. And that's something we talked about. If you can't win on the road. Okay. Uh, it, it's going to worry me a little bit if they get into March madness, uh, but it's still a neutral site. So it's not like it's a true road game. Uh, but, but still you know, it, Omaha, it, Omaha hosts the first round. And yeah. technically, Nebraska, if they do get into the tournament, they technically could be there because that's not their home. They don't let – like if they ever were Creighton, they wouldn't have them uh, – you know, they wouldn't invite them to that uh, that regional. But uh, so maybe, just maybe, Nebraska makes it to Omaha, and if that would be a home game. And yeah, that would be great. I'd love to go to that one. Oh, that'll be so much fun. I can't imagine the atmosphere if they do make that. But uh, the last ESPN bracketology I saw that came out had Nebraska as a 10 seed. Uh, Omaha's hosting a 1-16 game at 8-9 uh, game. They're, they're hosting two of each of those. Um, 
for two different uh, quadrants of the bracket. So Nebraska is going to have to get an eight or a nine seed uh, in, in one of those two quadrants in order to uh, play in Omaha uh, because they're not going to get a one seed and they're not going to get a 16 seed. So um, it's going to have to be an eight or nine for, for Fred Hoiberg and his, and his basketball team. But um, one interesting story you put on here, grandpa about, about Fred Hoiberg uh, a couple days before this Wisconsin game, after the Maryland loss, um, he got the, plan like the the practice plan for the week um from no, it was nebraska. it was more of a it's more of a statement coming from the nebraska athletic performance lab here's what you need to focus on here's what you need to do okay and, and <laughs> Horberg didn't think too much of that no he just uh he just said he crumpled it up uh threw it away in the garbage and said we need to go hard and we need to go physical and that's what we've done the past three days of practice and that's yeah. a quote from from him so um yeah just it, he knows what they need. He knows that it's just the the road stuff and and just out competing some of these teams, um, and they do it sometimes, like we saw against Wisconsin. But then they don't do it against Maryland, against these other teams that they should be beating against against the Rutgers. Um, uh, Nebraska's record now is sixteen and six, six and five in the Big Ten. Uh, they're just four wins away from a twenty win season, which is oh, which would be absolutely huge. That sounds incredible to just say that. Oh my gosh! And just and incredible. Better yet, Nebraska has four more home games. They are fourteen and one at home. That one home loss uh, yep. was Creighton at the beginning of the season. They got blown out. Creighton's been in the top twenty five all year. Uh, Creighton actually just lost to Butler by one a couple days ago. Um, but four home games left. They play Michigan at home. On the 10th of February, they play Penn State a week later on the 17th at home. They play Minnesota a week and a day after that at home. And then Rutgers uh, about a week and a couple days before the actual bracket comes out, I believe, um, on the 3rd of March. So Nebraska has a revenge tour to, to, against Rutgers. Minnesota is always kind of a struggle. Penn State's not that good this year. And Michigan is always a good game as well. Michigan's not a bad team. Um, so if Nebraska can win, it, it, and I'm not saying that Nebraska won't win those games. I think that I would pick Nebraska in all four of those games yeah. at home, yeah. especially because it's at home. That Those four wins will put Nebraska at 20 wins. It doesn't matter what they do on the road, but I mean, obviously you wouldn't like it to come down to the final day to get 20 wins. Uh, and, and I still think 19 is still good, but getting 20 is just huge. That would be huge, huge, huge for this program. Um, so I, I'm just hoping that Nebraska wins these four games, gets to that 20 win mark, gets in the tournament and does and, and wins a game in the tournament. I think this might, this year might be the year. Um, and if they don't, they got something else to build on uh, the next year. So um it's going to be fun watching this team down the stretch. Uh, Fred Horberg has kind of brought back uh, energy to Nebraska basketball that hasn't been there in a long time. Um, and I remember, Grandpa, you and I talking about him. We've talked about this basketball team for – this is our third year covering them now um, because that was kind of our first thing we started talking about. Uh, at the beginning of our podcast about two years ago uh, was uh, just because football was over and, and we had nothing else to talk about. So – I remember talking about this team with you and talking about how disappointing it was to fall this short in the tournament and, and, and not get into the NIT. And then we saw the women's team get into the WNIT last year after getting into the NCAA tournament the year before. So that was kind of a letdown. Uh, and it felt like Nebraska was going to play better against a Minnesota team in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Last year, they ended up not, uh, and, and they lost that game at home, I believe. Um, and, and 
basically ruined whatever chance they had of getting into the NCAA tournament. Um, but this year just feels different. They, they, they win these huge games. They win, uh, they, they, they play tough, uh, losses on the road. Okay. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's just something we kind of have to accept now, but, um, yeah, we'll see if they beat this 14, this number 14, Illinois team, uh, tonight, Wow. On on the road, that would be oh, huge, huge, whoa, huge. Yeah. Just and just a confidence builder of like, oh, the the players will just be able to see, oh yeah, we can win on the road. We can right. beat a good team on the right. road because I think it's kind of just become a mental block now. Would be my guess of like, oh, we're going on the road. We haven't won on the road in forever. Like you just get into that thought process. You might not realize it, but it's in the back of your head of like, oh, we haven't won on the road. We haven't won on the road. I want to win on the road, and then you put all this extra pressure on yourself, and it ends up hurting you in the end. So, I. I if we can beat this Illinois team, um, there will be scenes of jubilation on next week's episode, I'm sure. Uh, covering, Here's, covering another, game. Here's another statistic that is kind of mind-boggling. Uh, well, the, the 14 home wins, that's leads the nation in Division One basketball, men's basketball, wow. having a 14-1 and one record. That's the best in, in Division One. And then over the last 31 games, Nebraska is 22 and nine. Now that's over, you know, starting last season. And uh, uh, so there, there is a trend there. If we can, if we can use that, uh, uh, that Nebraska is trending upward. And I think, I don't know if they're going to win tonight against Illinois, but I, they got to win. I think they'll win another road game somewhere. I, I don't think they're going to go through. They almost beat Rutgers at Rutgers. They went into overtime and they lost. But uh, so I don't know. It's 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 going to be exciting. I think Fred Hoiberg is is pushing the right buttons. He's going to lose a lot of talent, though, this this uh, next year. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And it'll be fun to watch, as I said. So, uh, all right, let's move on to the women's basketball side of this. Um, the Husker women uh, have not been uh, – their season hasn't been going as well the past couple weeks as the men's season has. They are now 14-8 and eight on the season, 6-5 and five in conference, so same conference record. That's good, still winning conference record. Uh, they lost yesterday at home to Rutgers 71-70. to 70. Uh, This is Rutgers' first conference win uh, of the year. That is a really rough pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Rutgers was not a good team. Uh, and I, Nebraska was expected to win this game by quite a bit. Uh, they just kind of played down to Rutgers level a little bit, made, made some mistakes that they didn't need to make. Um, and it ended up losing a game that they shouldn't have lost. They, this team should be 15 and seven right now, uh, but they're still in the tournament as far as, as far as what I have seen. And uh, they're still a very good team. Uh, Alexis Markowski, Josh, Josh Shelley, just really putting the team on their back. Uh, they, however, more positive news on January 31st on that's Tuesday this past week, they beat Purdue, uh, at Pinnacle bank arena at home, 68 to 54, really beat them by, by quite a bit there by 14. Um, so that's good. You, you, you get the win against Purdue one and one on the week. Okay. You'd like to win the Rutgers game, obviously, but, uh, it's not drastic i don't think i don't think it's out of the question that this nebraska team will be able to do something in the big 10 tournament and then maybe something in the ncaa tournament depending on where they're slotted in but they're a better team than their record says i think the uh i think one of the plays certainly of the of, of the game uh when they played purdue at, at pba 
Uh, and this would be, I think this will qualify as one of the best plays of the, of the season when they do a highlight uh, film. They, uh, in the second half, uh, there was an outlet pass. I forget who threw it. <clears throat> a Husker player threw it. And it was looked like uh, it was it was too long for uh, Alexis uh, Markowski to get it. She knew that she couldn't grab it. She didn't want to, you know, get a traveling call or to lose it out of bounds. And so she had the presence of mind in just a split second to tap the ball out to the wing to an old, wide open Jazz Shelley who nailed a three pointer. And it was a great, great play. You can't coach that. It just comes with smarts, basketball smarts. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's just in the chemistry as well. Those two uh, have been playing together for a, a couple of years now here, and that makes a huge difference. So yeah, that's a yeah that was huge play for Nebraska there, and and obviously to get the win against Purdue is super nice. Um, games coming up for Nebraska, they're playing Tuesday at Michigan. Michigan's a good team. Uh, Nebraska beat them earlier this year, I believe. Uh, that game's at seven p.m. Eastern time, six p.m. Central time. Um, on Super Bowl Sunday, they play Iowa at home. 1 p.m. Eastern time, 12 p.m. Central time. This is a huge, huge game for Nebraska. They lost by quite a bit to Iowa. Caitlin Clark uh, is 66 points away from breaking the all-time scoring record in, D1's women, in D1 women's basketball. Um, so she's going to want to be playing. There's so much motivation going into it for Iowa. Caitlin, Caitlin Clark, just as a side note, was just very, very fun to watch play basketball uh, as a neutral <laughs> fan. Um, just, just watching her play is, it's just crazy. The shots she can make, uh, and, and the creativity and, and the, in the ball movement is just crazy from, from Caitlin Clark. And she's just super fun to watch play. However, I hope she has a terrible game against Nebraska, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, all due respect, yeah. but, uh, but man, this is a big one, grandpa. That's a big oh, one yeah. against Iowa. And I, you know, uh, I, I believe that, that Nebraska has a Caitlin Clark coming to, Nebraska, and I've talked about her, Britt Prince from Elkhorn North here in the Omaha area. Um, she did a classy thing the other day. I, I think you and I talked about this. Uh, uh, Elkhorn North had gone 420 days without a loss, and then they went down, played a road game at Class B Waverly, and they lost the game. They lost it by 10 points. I think it was 58-48, something like that. Yeah. And after the game, Prince, instead of – you know, just heading out the door, getting away from the 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 crowd. She high fived all the Waverly players, and she stayed after the game, posed for pictures, signed autographs. That's pretty classy. She understands that there are going to be a lot of fans, Husker fans, in no matter where she plays, and so I. That's just classy. I I, I haven't heard anybody else doing something like that, but I I I know it's way too early to projector as being the the second Caitlin Clark but uh, if anybody can do it I would say Britt is the one who can yeah yeah definitely and, and that's a that's a great story I didn't I didn't know that um and super classy especially after you haven't lost in 420 days that's such like to build up all that winning and have it and, and have it not even really be a close game. Like you lose by 10. It's not even like oh buzzer beater at the last second yeah. and they beat you. Yeah. Um they just really beat them. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and that's really hard to, to go through. I mean, any loss during a season is difficult and you want to win championships, uh, and, and, and win all the games you can. So yeah, just, just staying, it's the fans part that that's why 
these Nebraska, the, these kids that come to Nebraska, they understand, or they, at least the kids from Nebraska that go to Nebraska to play sports for them, they understand the fan base so well because they're just immersed in it. Like, like, like that story you just told, Grandpa. Of like, Britt Prince knows that be, because she grew up watching Nebraska football, Nebraska ba- basketball, Nebraska women's basketball, all that stuff. She understands the fan culture behind it. Everyone around her talks about it. Um, she understands that like, why would she not, she there's, I, I, I would imagine there was no doubt in her mind that she would stay and, and just give these fans kind of, uh, autographs and pictures and all that kind of stuff, because that's what they, that's what they want. They, 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 they see this person that's doing something that they could do. Um, and, uh, there was a, a, a quote from, uh, I was watching, uh, Saturdays in the South as a SEC documentary about SEC football. And they have, uh, a former South Carolina running back. Uh, they're interviewing him talking about um, Steve Spurrier and him and him talking to his guys about like, Oh, if you're like working hard during the game, that kind of stuff. And he said like, well, when you run on that field, think about how there are, I mean, in Nebraska's case, there are 90,000 fans that would give everything to be in the situation that you're in right now. So don't you dare not work hard. And, and not leave everything out on the field because there are 90,000 other people that are watching you that would 100% drop everything if they're given the opportunity and, and, and go play uh, and, and go be in your position. So uh, there's that kind of thing with Brett Prince of like, she understands that all these people yeah. want to be her and, right. and, and want to be in that situation. So just the class and, in, in actions of Brett Prince there is just that's astonishing to me from a high school senior who usually I mean being in high school being a high school senior I understand that not all high school seniors are mature all the way and some of them are slightly <laughs> stupid and do dumb things uh for for someone to be aware and recognize that that just shows a level of class and a level of leadership uh and and just commitment to a fan base and to a game that she loves uh, that's just really, really incredible to, to hear about and to, and to watch. So can't wait to see her play for Nebraska next year. It's going to be a ton of, ton of fun. Um, and I, I may be there for her. Who knows? May get to watch some game live games live. All right. So uh, as I said, coming up this week for the Lady Huskers, we got at Michigan on Tuesday and then Super Bowl Sunday hosting Caitlin Clark and number I believe it's number three ranked Iowa, maybe number five. I forget what the ranked um, and, and top 10 ranked Iowa. I'll just say that uh, at 1 PM Eastern time, uh, 12 o'clock central on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, let's move on to some Husker football news here. Um, really kind of sad to hear the uh, Ethan Piper left. Uh, yeah. Guard Ethan Piper announced his retirement from Husker football. He's what got through a lot of injuries, his injuries this year. Um, just get, led him to giving up his last year of eligibility. Um, kind of sad news for him. I remember him coming into Nebraska, you and I talking about him, grandpa, um, mm-hmm. and and just kind of the hype he brought. He's a great offensive lineman. It's just the injuries. Are, it, that's part of football that uh, all fans wish they could change, but you can't really do. It, it, we're doing more about it now than we used to, but uh, – there's something that you still wish you could change and just prevent all of that from happening at all. You, you see any players who, who have their dreams cut short because of injuries and that kind of stuff. It just sucks. But uh, your, your thoughts on Ethan Piper here, grandpa. Yeah. He's, he's a kid who is, he, he said he would not play anywhere else except at Nebraska. If he couldn't make it 
at Nebraska, he would not try anywhere else. He wanted to be a Husker, and he loves Coach Rule. He loves uh, Coach Donovan Royola, his position coach. Speaks highly of of the direction that this whole football program is going, which is it's, it's he could you know not say that he could say hey I'm on the way out you know I, I I don't know any of these guys anything, but he didn't. He's very effusive and and uh, sounds like a real real classy kid. And I'm I'm sorry to see that his his uh, career has come to an end, but. You know his injuries have just uh, been overwhelming, and and he has to move on to the next chapter of his life. Speaking of offensive linemen, I was watching the um, Super Bowl highlights today. They're they're running those. They have ever since yesterday uh, each Super Bowl, and they do the highlights of that. And so I was watching Super Bowl thirty eight, and there was Russ Hochstein, who is he's what had been on our podcast. I think it was last year. I forget when. Maybe it was a year before. I don't remember. Yeah, no, I think it, I think it was last year during the during the summer or during the late spring. I forget, but we did get the pleasure of interview, interviewing uh, Russ, and that was that was a ton of fun. But yeah, as as you were saying, continue. So anyhow, I, that's 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 cool. I, Super Bowl. The, the the sad part about a week from today is that there'll be no more football games that are meaningful until we get into the end of August. Uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, besides maybe the UFL though, uh, we, you and I have yeah. been, uh, we've been talking with Adrian Martinez a little bit. We're going to see if we can get him on the podcast, talk about the UFL, talk about his time at Nebraska and, and maybe talk about his time at K-State a little bit and what led to, uh, and what led him to where he is now? Because he was gonna go into the USFL and then he got drafted, and that was in the UFL. So he's just been all over the place. He's been in a lot of different football situations. So it'll be super interesting to talk to him. So uh, we'll let you guys know uh, when when we get a date set with him, uh, and 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 when we get all that figured out, so you guys can. Uh, get ready for that episode. That won't be for a little bit here, but we'll give you guys fair warning before we uh, interview him. Um, Let's talk some Husker softball first and then wrap it up with maybe a little Super Bowl talk uh, as, the, as the week progresses. Um, Husker softball fan appreciation day was yesterday, uh, which was on, on Saturday. Um, so that was, that was really fun to just see pictures and that kind of stuff from that. But they had a bunch of people, bunch of, bunch of young, young uh, softball playing girls there. I think they had over a thousand in a picture with the team. It's it just a really cool opportunity. They had it in the, uh, in the field house, um, at, at Nebraska, the indoor practice facility, um, which is, which is just awesome. It was also where they unveiled Matt rule as the new head coach. Oh, that guy, they, they love using right. that building for important things. Um, so, uh, that was, that was really good to watch. They're adding, uh, 2,400 seats to the, uh, stadium softball stadium for this season. So that's going to be huge because Jordy ball is going to bring in a bunch of people. Speaking of Jordy ball, that was the first time she really interacted with the media a lot, or at least Husker fans a lot was that day. Um, she just is a, a great speaker uh, when it, when it comes to voicing uh, her mission, how she views the team, all that kind of stuff. She's just a great natural kind of public speaker. She's great with the media. Uh, I can't wait to see her play for Nebraska, both to pitch and and hit uh, as well. So it's going to be super fun. Their season starts. You, you, you ready for this guy? But in Mexico, Puerto, uh, yep. I believe it's Puerto Vallarta in, in Mexico, 6 p.m. Central time, 7 p.m. Eastern time on the 8th of February. So that is Thursday of this week. Um, <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch 
for sure. Uh, and what better place to start it than in Mexico? Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> How'd they pull they, that? They That's that. amazing. Jeez. Well, they, <laughs> they'll have the weather down there in their favor. That, so that's good. Oh, totally. And then they'll come back up here and be like, oh, why is this so cold? You have to play a home game and be like, oh, well, I wish our home game was in Mexico. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty fun. Um, Oscar baseball. I don't know when their season starts, particularly, I would imagine it's around the same time, maybe a week after, um, uh, but they usually start playing on the West coast and in Texas is where they usually start. Cause of course that's where the warm yeah. weather is first. Um, so, but, uh, your, your quick thoughts on Husker softball here, grandpa. Can't wait at this. I mean, I, because you and I do this podcast, you and I have been paying closer attention to the, uh, I don't want to say sub sports, but you know, we started doing this and talking football, but uh, so it's, I'm just excited. And I, I think, as you said, those, those little girls there uh, seeing role models that, Hey, I can be, I can be like Jordy ball, or I can be like uh, the Andrew sisters. You got uh, Brooke and uh, Billy. Those are yep. two great players for Nebraska. And it's going to be exciting to see them play. Cause you know, it's not like, that Jordy's coming into a, you know, a losing program or a, you know, not a very good program. She can put them over the top. She could, Jordy can, she can, yeah, she can be that. She'll be the, I believe the straw that stirs the drink. And, uh, and so we'll see, it's going to be exciting to see that. Um, and, and I think Jordy is living her dream because she's a, she's a local Omaha, uh, you know, kid and just, Love her to for coming here. So you got you get three, I believe, um, difference makers coming into the Husker athletic program. Jordy Ball, got Britt Prince in in um, in the women's softball or uh, basketball, and then you got Dylan Royola coming into the football program. Those are three iconic players coming in at the same time. It's going to be great to be a Husker sports fan. Just hang in there. Going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And as soon as we get all these all all these kids in here, um, and all developed kind of a little bit, I mean, Dylan and uh, and Britt will be playing the same amount of time probably um, when it comes to basketball and football respectively. And then Jordy will be here for maybe another maybe another year. I forget what year she is. She has two years. She has two, two years, years left. So yeah. yeah. So so this year and then probably another year after that. So we'll get one year of all three of them. Um, but, uh, it, as I said last week, Trev Alberts has just done an amazing job of hiring the coaches, building the programs that attract players like Britt Prince, like Dylan Rayola, like Jordy ball, uh, to, to come to Nebraska from anywhere in the country, uh, and come play sports for them. And, and you said sub sports grandpa. And I feel, I feel like most Husker fans would agree that football is the main sport at Nebraska. Yeah. If Nebraska is not good at football, even if we're winning a bunch of other things, uh, like, I mean, like, you take it in comparison, like Nebraska is very good, has not been great at football the last five years. Volleyball team has been very, very good the last five years. And it still feels like that mystery around Nebraska athletics is still down because of the football team, but sure. still sure. It, it, it takes players like Britt Prince. It takes players like Jordy ball to build up these other teams to have a larger fan base, more attraction to the games and, and, and to just watch them in general. Uh, I don't think you'll ever get the same audience as football because that's just how Americans are wired as we watch football more than any other sport. Um, and so 
it's it, it still doesn't mean that you can build those programs up with these players and and, and give them the national spotlight as well. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Jordy Ball is going to put Nebraska over the edge uh, yeah. when it comes to success and to the Women's Girls World Series. Uh, super regionals, all that kind of stuff. Nebraska's reached the regionals the last two years uh, and it's kind of not – it's just gotten in there. They won the Big Ten Championship two years ago. Um, it looked like they were they were hosting a regional. or it, it, Yeah, I believe hosting a regional. Um, and it looked like this. That was their year. Ended up not happening. They, they lost a lot of their games. Uh, the next year after that, they went through a lot of adversity in the season, didn't win the Big Ten Championship game. And they uh, had to travel for a regional. They got to the regional final of that and still lost. It, it, it just it feels like the progression's slowly, slowly coming along. Where though this year it, it, it's a parabola, or I guess a whatever a, a exponential curve um, of it, it just little by little. Nebraska is going to eventually uh, shoot up that curve and and, and get to a, a higher height. And I think having Jordy Ball accelerates that time frame uh, for for when that for when Nebraska, the softball program is going to take off and reach that height that both you and I have talked about. And we know it can. Um, so yeah, this Thursday in Mexico, 7 PM Eastern time, 6 PM central time, Nebraska opens its season for softball. Uh, definitely be talking about that next week. Uh, speaking of next week, the Super Bowl is next week, and we have been kind of, Grump and I have been kind of off and on following the playoffs here. We don't usually go talk about any regular season stuff unless it involves Husker players. Um, but uh, Sunday, February 11th, uh, the 49ers against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the 49ers are favored by two points over the Chiefs. Um, Picks-wise, I think... I forget what we said for the conference championship games. I think I said the Ravens and the Lions were going to win, so I went over two. Grandpa, I think you got both of them right. I forget, but yeah. um, yeah. but uh, Super Bowl picks last really meaningful football game, as you said. Besides, I mean, the UFL is not meaningful. It's kind of just fun to watch, at least, just it kind of fills the void. Uh, but who, who's your pick for the uh, for the Super Bowl to win, and why is it the Chiefs? Because you, I, I just know you're going to pick the Chiefs here. Yeah, I. If you're gonna you're gonna uh, go against Patrick Mahomes, do that at your own risk. <clears throat> I think Chiefs' experience. This is I think the fifth fifth time in the last six years they've been in the Super Bowl, um, and their defense is the is the difference maker. Plus, I think the Chiefs had the harder route to get to the Super Bowl. They had to yes. win at Buffalo. That is terrible. That's a that's a terrible venue. Uh, to uh, the, the the fan base there is just rabid and and they they were doing everything they, they possibly could to get their bills to to win that game and and uh they just they made too many mistakes and and the chiefs poise uh you know paid out in the end and then last week i that's i wouldn't have been surprised if well i maybe i would have been surprised but that was a i think that might have been a tougher venue than the Buffalo game. What What do you think yeah. about? I mean, yeah, Lamar Jackson's a great, great player, great athlete. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, he just like he just takes over games, and that stadium was hard to play in. And uh, yeah, I I would agree with you. I think the Chiefs have had the harder path to the Super Bowl. Um, the 49ers have looked shaky at times, but they find I feel like they finally clicked in the second half 
of mm-hmm. that NFC Championship game. To be fair, I think the Lions kind of threw the game to them a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. To come back from as much as the 49ers were down in the second half, that is insane. Yeah. Uh, but they still they showed that they could respond to adversity and you need that adversity. It's a, they talk about this in the March Madness tournament of the team. If, if a higher seed in the first round faces a team that they win just barely, they win by like four against a team that they were projected to win by 12 or 15 against um, say a, a three over a 14 seed and they barely win. Um, it's, they, they are more locked in for the rest of the tournament because they've, they've realized, Oh, they, they, they've had that feeling of, Oh crud, we we're going home. We're not going to, our, our season's all been for nothing because we can't beat this team that we were supposed to beat by a bunch. So there's that feeling that, that I think the 49ers now have that the Chiefs have had since the beginning of, uh, since really about like week 12 of the NFL season of like, they need to win in order to get into the playoffs. They need to win to, to, to win the AFC West. They need to win to, to get the next seed um, in the, in the playoffs. So the, the chiefs have been locked in like that more, but I think the 49ers are like that. Now these two teams met, this was Patrick Mahomes first Super Bowl win was against the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo right. and the 49ers um, in, uh, I believe 2020, uh, I want to say. Um, so it'll be a really great game. I think the 49ers have a, a revenge uh, story arc kind of in this game. Uh, I'm going to go with the Niners. I think that their defense is going to uh, clamp down on the Chiefs. However, I, I've been wrong about going against Patrick Mahomes before as I was last week, as you said, Grandpa. So we'll see. But it'll be a fun game, uh, fun fun to watch. Uh, Pro Bowl's on, I believe, right now. Not that anyone really watches that that much. They change it to flag football. So um, <laughs> you, you, that, that's whatever. But uh, anyway, it, it's still fun to watch those guys play. Um, so, yeah, so Super Bowl next week. We'll talk about that probably in two weeks. Uh, because we'll probably record before the Super Bowl. Maybe we won't. I forget if we said we we're going to record on Monday or not. But um, yeah, so that's that's that from us. Uh, thanks for joining us again for another episode of How About Them Huskers. Grandpa, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. And uh, make sure to tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone about the show. Only way this is spreading right now is by word of mouth. We can't thank you guys enough for listening to all of our episodes, downloading everything, listening all the way through. Uh, listen to uh, an 18-year-old and a, I'm not going to say grandpa's age um, because uh, <laughs> talk for about, about Husker sports for a long time. So we truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys next week. And as always, go big red!